Hello everyone and welcome back to Xander's Movie Podcast today. I am joined once again, somehow, by Mr. Will Soul. How, how are you doing? I, how have I got away with this, like, this all this time? Mm, I have no idea. The and stuff uh, I say, man. And opposite me, the room is a bit full today because we also have, uh, for the first time, it's Mr. Jay Blakely. How are hey, you doing? Yeah, it's good to be here, like um, doing this podcast for the first time. I've never been on a podcast before. No, it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. It you think is. it was more professional than just yeah. three people sat in a, in a room attaching a yeah. microphone to a desk. I, I usually see it in like, people in like studios and stuff, but yeah. you know... Whatever works. Whatever works, I guess. This is a this is just like Roadhouse version of the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you know like, what I mean. You know what I mean. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's not that bad. So this week there's barely any news, but last week we saw the official look at Batman, at the new Batman with Robert Battenbat. That fucking. <laughs> um, and we what what do we all think of that first look? We we talked about it last week, Jay. What did you think? Well, um, I think like the costume, it, it kind of looked a bit weird, like. On the first shot, especially like in sort of the, it was sort of dark was the, uh, yeah, the picture. The... But um, in terms of that, I think Robert will do fantastic as Batman because I think people are still worried about um, Twilight that he did yes, many years ago, and you know are. that was a long time ago, and you know he's probably gotten even better. And it's not he has. Well, I don't know. Like you can't blame an actor. For, you, you should really blame the script for it being you know bad and the director telling him, but. That's in the past, and I think he's going to do a fantastic job. He could possibly be the, one of the best Batman. Batman. <laughs> one of the best Batman. I like that. That was really good. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. But there were some new images released today. Well, we say released. Leaked. Ooh, Ooh leaked, leaked images. That's not good. That I showed to you briefly on my phone just before we started recording. Um, of him, like his stun double in the suit on a bike in, in a bike in, chase in the plain daylight. It's attractive in the, yeah. in the plain daylight. What did we think? Well, it the helmet looks kind of strange, but the, and the suit kind of looks a bit weird as well. It's but, a bit bulky, doesn't it? Yeah. Almost like I'm sure. Oh, it well, I think I don't know. I'm trying not to dig on the costume, but it, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, like from what, like I, I, I told you too that it did look like a Lego costume. It looked like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like... so reimagined to an extent. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't care. I'm sure it'll be fine. The, I, this is all pre CGI as well. They always tweak things yeah. in post production, so I'm sure it'll look it'll better be in the actual all movie. Right. It'll yeah, be fine. But to, you know, be, to celebrate the new Batman that's happening, we saw the first look. We've seen these leaked images. Why not? Take a look back, we say, on some past Batman, including especially the Christian Bale one. We're doing the Dark Knight trilogy, guys. Yes. It happened. Uh, it did happen, didn't it? It's a decent trilogy, really. Yeah, it is. It is we, a good trilogy. We said overall we'd we'd give the whole trilogy. That's about an 8 out of 10. Yep. It's pretty solid numbers for a trilogy. Yep, um, each one has their ups and downs. And we're going to break down each movie for you guys. This is going to be exciting. So we're going to start... Oh, by the way, um, spoilers for all three of these. I'm going to put in my spoiler theme now. I don't, I don't want no spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, so spoilers from here on out of the, these three movies that all came out over... Ten years ago, if you haven't seen them, 
you don't want to see them. <laughs> That's it. You know. Get them watched. Get them watched. Um, it'll be a fun. It's a fun little journey. Yeah, we watched all three of them as a group. The, well, there were four of us. George, unfortunately, couldn't make it because he uh, was offered a lift home instead of getting the train. We understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. money is important, but we won't forgive him. Yeah, ever. no. It it'll means be, that we yeah. have to talk more. Yeah. yeah, we have to God. talk a we lot to, more. We have to talk for four people. And there's only three of us. Uh, Unbelievable. Unreal. Damn it, George. Um, but we're going to start with Batman Begins. What the hell are you? I'm Batman. So, uh, Batman Begins, released in 2005. Reboots of the franchise after Joe Schumacher really yep. gave it a good it was in the 90s. He completely destroyed it basically I mean yep. it started off alright and then he came in and just completely yep. bat nipples bat credit cards yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger product placement well kind of I'll, I'll get to that later when I make when I, oh, okay. I'll say what I mean okay um, Jay's got a plan for this foreshadowing man Jay, yeah Jay's got a plan for this um, Christopher Nolan takes on the role as director and writer it was a good choice and, and he was, uh, directs um, the entire trilogy it was good it was a good choice and uh, yeah what did we overall views on this movie it, it works it works but it's like uh, looking back and having had the last two films um, it doesn't really hold much it, it, I think it's better than Rises but it doesn't really hold much to the last two films because the last two films are so huge there's, some, there's something always going on and I mean yeah. even for this lot you know the last one Rises there's a lot of nothing to start with it, it, compared to Begins, it's like, it's nothing. It's like, yeah. Begins is like, half the film is just, nothing is happening. Which is fine, because it's a, it's a beginning film. You yeah, it's an origin story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And But a different take on an origin story, I, I, I would think, maybe? Yeah, th- this sort of took it back to the, well, it's really kick-started this whole gritty superhero movie. Which I like, but, which I like. I definitely love good, you like- a good, dark superhero film because you know I just feel like it works better there's a a gripe that I kind of have with the Marvel movies I feel like they're a bit too comedic at times I kind of wish they were a bit more darker and you know this Batman movie it's pretty much nails it there's a couple jokes here and there but they're only jokes when they need it yeah just like typical some like blockbuster humour you know that that kind of thing just little comedic moments Um, but yeah, it really kickstarted this whole dark superhero trend. Yeah, after this, we good. had after this we had Watchmen. Then we got Man of Steel yeah. and Batman v Superman. And what Watchmen? Uh, if you've never seen it, you should definitely give it a watch. It's quite a long film, but it is definitely worth a watch. It's one of the best superhero films of all time. It's very dark. Wow! Big shouts from yeah, Jay. <laughs> um, so Christian Bale stars as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, I think he's a I think he's a great choice because I think he. I really like the moments where he does this in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight when he's just flaunts his riches. Like, there's a moment in this where he's, he brings two supermodels into a restaurant or a hotel <laughs> and they start playing in like the outdoor pool and someone comes up to him and is like, no, come on, man, you can't be playing in the pool. He says, he just writes a check and says, oh, I can do, I own this place now. <laughs> yeah. That's just great. Yeah, of, uh, he, does, he does really nail the sort of Likeability of Bruce Wayne, but also the like that the character has. Yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, he's 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 like not in a way that you hate him. I mean, he's he's very likable. Yeah, you just like he's he's really ch- he's so charming that when he says something a bit, yeah. you know, a bit 
Ish, let's say yeah. we're, we're going to use that phrase a lot now, aren't we? That's going to be a, word, it's a decent phrase. Decent the, phrase. The word of the day. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a good Bruce. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. it comes to Batman, though, I mean, he's he's good. He's good. It, it, weird choices, obviously. I don't know what Nolan was yeah. thinking. Um, I don't know what they were talking about. How they decided to make the character and why they uh, decided to do that voice. You know, the yeah, that that, that that voice was like really like strange. It was a bit. Like he's just gravelly yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it gets better and better, but there's still moments in like the third one when he goes completely like, Where is he? Yeah. It is, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Val, Val Kilmer's Batman kind of did a little bit of a gravelly voice, but not to that extent. Well, I mean, Michael Keaton's was, wasn't like, like, it was just, I'm Batman. It was yeah. like more of a whisper. Yeah. Than a, than but I mean, like a, a, opinions that I've heard, like a lot of people said that Val Kilmer was probably the best Batman voice, but I'd, um, I'm not sure really. I haven't, haven't really watched the um, other Batman movies for quite a while. I haven't seen forever in ages. I watched half of it, and it's just, it's just, it's super dumb. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, back to begins. Um, we noticed quite early on that the action in this was isn't uh, great. It's badly it's, shot. Yeah, it just it is. is. You just obviously you don't know what's going on. It's like just, yeah, a it lot was, of quick cuts. Yeah, I mean Nolan doesn't really film action. He's more of a he's more of a writing guy. Yeah, he normally has some really good writing in his films, and he just works around it. But um, with this, yeah, I know he's been told to make an action superhero film, Batman film. So yeah, obviously not a great start, but I don't know. He got uh, he did get better. He did get better throughout the trilogy, really. Yeah. Well, at this point, he'd. Barely, he hadn't made anything like this. He'd made mm. Memento and um, a movie called... Where is it? Oh, wait, no, this is writing, sorry. <laughs> Directing. He wrote... Uh, he did Memento and Insomnia, that movie with Al Pacino and Robbie Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams, even. Not Robbie Williams. <laughs> no, <laughs> take that one in that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'd done two movies at this point and then Batman Begins. So it was a big leap for him. Yeah. But I think throughout the trilogy, the, the action definitely gets better. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, because he isn't. And there's, you know, there's, scared um, to not cut. In, in begins, there's a lot of really cool shots, especially towards the end with the with the with the train. And there's one scene what I really like where I can't remember what one of the cops is saying, but I think he says something like, "Oh, is there any more help?" And then you can see like the tumbler sort of fly out from behind him, and it like just goes across the screen oh yeah, yeah. that's an awesome shot I really like that what What do you guys think of the Batmobile in this the tumbler it's called it's- it is it is good it definitely reflects the tone of the movie the, um, the sort of you know more realistic sort of darker tone I mean it's I mean it's yeah it's a tank it's I'm, a literal tank I'm a big fan but I mean, it, I mean it, it's better than like well I mean the classic Batmobile is obviously you know very well known but you know you can't be just driving around just a car really it, this it, time yeah it pulls off more Batman than Bruce so obviously Bruce we, we would show up in like a Lamborghini or something it's nothing like yeah. it, is, it looks like a Lamborghini to an extent it does but it's kind like of it's it, very low yeah, yeah and it's, a, it's an armoured Lamborghini so in a way it's just the, it's the armoured version of Bruce and the armoured version of Bruce is Batman so it makes sense that's a really good that's a really good point I never thought of that I just looked at it as like it's just a bit big and ugly yeah, um, which is you know kind of more realistic yeah. instead of having like a almost like a supercar with some bat wings coming out the back. Yeah, of it. that would have just not like worked. from the Tim Burton ones. And there's a yeah the the chase scene with the tumbler. I'm not sure where I forgot where it was. I think it was sort of near the middle towards the end was really awesome. I did actually see a video online of them actually shooting that scene. 
in the, in the city, which was actually really cool to see. Oh, nice. Um, I love um, Killian Murphy in this as the Scarecrow. Oh, he's, yeah. You think he's the main villain, but he's not. He's yeah. sort of like playing underneath um, Raz al Ghul, which is Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, decent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ali- you know, Neeson's good in most things. He is. Um, yeah. He, well, he's always at least good, right? Yeah. I don't know, yeah, good. Unless you're watching Taken 2 or 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I had that in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, am I saying the right thing? But no, um, yeah, no, it's overall decent performances all around, yeah. really. Uh, yeah. Except from maybe uh, whatever that, you know, yeah. is love, the, whatever the love interest Katie is. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, there we go. Katie yeah. Holmes, yeah, she quickly disappears after this movie. Yeah. I, I swear, she, she's, she was married to Tom Cruise at this point, so she, maybe she was into some Scientology stuff. Perhaps. So she was wrapped up in all that. She couldn't do another Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think who, what else is to like about this. Uh, Morgan Freeman, you know, it really introduces the whole cast. Yeah. And the cast that stay with this franchise yeah. are the ones that you remember and the ones that are good. Like Michael Caine and yeah, Mike, Morgan Michael Freeman Caine are both really good. Yeah, Michael Caine, fantastic as Alfred. Yeah. And uh, it's good. It was a good um, uh, implementation of the sound- well, soundtrack. Good. Just good soundtrack. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very cool. Good yeah, starting soundtrack. The score uh, is, is uh, the, just the main theme is like... Dun, Dun. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and then it's sort of kept throughout the rest of the trilogy. Yeah, Zimmer's pretty dead on with tone, Zimmer, and it yeah. fits with the whole Batmobile thing, and it fits with the whole reboot. It's it's an yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Uh, it's aggressive, but it's also like you know it's, it's like hopeful. Yeah, uh, to an extent, I feel like you know these films, especially Begins, it, they're not very good at you know, their emotional moments. No, yeah, not really. Not so compared to um, newer films, but yeah, and the soundtrack is probably the best thing about every emotional moment in the film yeah. because yeah. It, it really facilitates it. Mm. But uh, it's not really that hard. It's not that uh, forceful either. It just sort of really blends in well. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably down to performances because uh, they're trying to use that. <laughs> they're trying to use that scene with him and his dad, and then his dad saying, uh, "Why do we fall?" Yeah. And that's constantly reused, and it's mm. it's it okay. It even, it, that even comes back in Rises as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to compare it a little bit to the 2002 Spider-Man, just a little bit, in this in the respect that you kind of uh, this is the movie where you don't really get to see Batman all that. You, you do get to see Batman like a fair amount, it's but like, it's more about the Bruce Wayne character, kind of like how it was more sort of about Peter Parker, and then you kind of got like Spider-Man here and there. It's it's sort of split into two parts in that sense. Like the first half is about him, be, like training with Raz al Ghul, and yeah. you sort of it's. I like the way it's done because otherwise it could it could have been really boring. Yeah, where it's just the, know, if if it was done linearly, but then the, it but, been the di- but the difference is this kind of kind of goes through it like kind of quick, but it, it gets everything that it needs in short amount of time, which the original Spider Man was a little bit slow at doing, even though that that one came out like. Uh, three years, three years earlier, but it, yeah, it was a little bit slow to start off with, like you know him getting his powers and stuff. But with this one, it's kind of you know just straight in. He just does does what it needs to do, and then there you go. You keep clicking a lot. I've noticed that. <laughs> you, yeah, you're an Adam <laughs> Um Yeah, I think it's a solid start to a trilogy. Um, what would you guys give it out of ten? Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I'd give it a solid eight. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say a seven. A seven. But it was um, a really nice step away from um, the um, other films that were, you know, just so goofy and over the top. And it was, it was, 
good step away from you know all that campiness and stuff which worked then but probably wouldn't have worked um when it came out people would probably would have just you know blasted it out yeah i mean you're, you're right, right. yeah all over it really yeah for what it did for the changes that it made it should get some props because it started a whole it started a whole genre really yeah of dark superhero movies that we're still mm-hmm. seeing now with like Joker coming out that's yeah. that you can still see the influences from this trilogy yeah. in there and that all started with Batman Begins so uh, I have to say though I only saw this I've only seen this all the way through like three times because when, as a kid when I whenever someone put it on I'd fall asleep during like the first 20 minutes because mm. there was no Batman. I was like, what the hell yeah, is this? Like, like, yeah. Why have you given me a Batman movie and there's no Batman? Come on. Yeah. But as I've grown up, you know, I've come to appreciate it a lot more. Um, let's move on then from the first yeah. to, um, you know, the god tier. The main this course, is basically. The Dark Knight. <laughs> Very poor choice of words. <laughs> Dark Knight, I remember it coming out in 2008. 2008 yeah. had probably one of the best movie movies of all time in 2008. Of course, you had MCU starting off. Yeah, with Iron Man. You also had... Earlier uh, that summer. Uh, what else did you have? Wally came out, was out around the same time, and I had the choice in 2008 to either go and watch this or Wally. Yeah. And uh, I chose Wally. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, both choices were pretty good. I think if I'd seen this in the cinema, I would have sh. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I also really like the, uh, the poster as well because it's kind of nostalgic, you know, when you go to your cinema and you see, like, on the out. Well, the one near mine is um, usually has, like, posters up and it says, like, coming soon. And I remember the Dark Knight poster being there and I was like, wow, look how awesome that is. And funny story. Um, because I was only like eight years old when it was about to come out, I thought the Dark Knight was the name of a villain called the Dark Knight. I didn't realise that. <laughs> I didn't realise that it was Batman's nickname. It was only until like maybe a couple of weeks later where I realised that the Dark Knight was Batman himself. There you go. I'm really surprised that this movie, speaking of just the title, that it's actually just called the Dark Knight and not like Batman Two or Batman Begins. A sequel or whatever. It's not Batman something again. Yeah, They've that's a good point. What what, what could el- what else could they have used for the title Batman? Well, I feel like Redem- the fact that they didn't means they had a lot of confidence confidence that this film would do good. Well, uh, it, do and well, it, and it did. Uh, this is the first superhero movie to crack one billion dollars. Just 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 cracking only, a billion. Only just, but uh, still still doing it, and uh, it's definitely worthy of it. It's regarded, it, I think it's number four on IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. Um, it's got a 9.0 rating out of 10 on IMDb as well. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, pretty high. Um, yeah. And it's still regarded as potentially the best superhero movie of all time. And having watched it again this week, I think we can Super all kind of, kind of agree. It's, it yeah, still holds up. It absolutely blew all expectations out of the park. Yeah, um, Christian, all the, uh, you know, actors return apart from, as we mentioned earlier, Katie Holmes uh, does not return, so she's replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal, who is okay. Yep. But <laughs> um, but Heath Ledger is brought in as the Joker. Yeah, Heath Ledger is the Joker. In a legendary now, performance. remember when uh, when he was cast and, you know, everybody was, you know, all over him. 
You know, because of they'd seen stuff like Brobat Mountain and a couple of other films, and they thought, you know, that's what? the thing though. In Brobat Mountain, he's actually really good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really good movie, and he's really good in it. So yeah, yeah people are confusing. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. It was never, then. never listen to someone if they say you've cast the wrong person. Hmm. Well, from, know, yeah. from, sorry, from landing. From this point, it was the Joker was what comedic. He wasn't. He was. Yeah, exactly. He was a joke. He was, he was campy. And he was, yeah. Of course, he's he's a little bit campy. So like, it's not to that extreme. It's more yeah. so, especially considering like how Jack Nicholson played him back in the uh, nineteen eighty nine Batman was very. Silly. It's very comic booky. Yeah. Whereas they, but I, I really played... do. I really do like Jack Nicholson's Joker costume, the the makeup and the outfit was really cool. It was kind of like pimp style. Yeah, it was a bit. But this, but they they play him more as like a terrorist in this movie, which is re- a really interesting. And it works. Joker. It works. Hundred um, percent. We also are introduced to Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, Ooh. and un- I said this when we were watching it. I said, if you didn't know anything about. Batman, or who Harvey Dent was, then you'd be genuinely, you know, surprised by the ending of this film. But, unfortunately, everyone who's going to see this movie probably knows who Harvey Dent is, and so knows that when he says, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, you know he's going to become Two-Face at some point. I mean, (laughs) the context of this is I I didn't watch this film until, like, 2013, because, well, in my life, 2013, that was when... I started to understand that I existed. Anytime before that, I feel like was just a sort of a limbo moment, really. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Because uh, I look back on that time, I'm like, what the hell did I do in the first, like, 12 years of my life? So, <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, yeah, 2013, watch it. And uh, I didn't have any idea because I, I mean, I was into comics for, to an extent. Yeah. Like, superhero films to an extent. Yeah. But nothing... Like when I when I first watched it, and when I first watched it, I obviously didn't know, and then I happened, and I was like, yeah, mm. yeah, it's okay. I mean, Eckhart does a good job. He's a, he does. He's a good actor. Definitely, yeah. definitely a much better job than um, well, Tommy Lee Jones's version of Two Face, which is um, pretty terrible, questionable pretty, to say the least. Pretty terrible. Because I mean, there's you know, he didn't, he wasn't like playing Two Face. He was trying to be like the Joker, and the only reason why was because he tried to. Outdo Jim Carrey, quote unquote, could not sanction his buffoonery. That that is my favorite. Um, that is my favorite, like Hollywood oh, yeah. story. Yeah. That Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey so much that yeah. he met him in a restaurant and whispered in his ear, "I cannot sanction your buffoonery." Yeah. It's just top class. Yeah, and then yeah, and the, and the the two face makeup in that one is just. Just plain stupid, really. But back to the Dark Knight. Back yeah. to the Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jumping onto Eckhart, just for one sec. Yeah, go um, for it. Would it be a stretch to say that he's just a... He's a very good supporting actor. He doesn't seem like a lead. Yeah, like every every time he's in a movie on his own, it seems to flop. Like, I remember I, Frankenstein. That was... I never watched. Uh... <laughs> pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah, it's really hard to like talk about... It's really hard to communicate how good this movie is unless you've watched it. Mm. Like... Every single scene in this movie has a purpose. There is not a wasted minute. There's no filler at all. Yeah, I think, like, even now, as I watch it, I still pick up on things. Like, uh, towards the end of the film, the um, the female police officer calls Jim Gordon's family and says, oh, you got to leave. And you maybe you think, of the, as a kid, you're like, oh, that just comes out of nowhere. She's just betraying him. <laughs> Whereas, if you watch at the start, she says... Oh yeah, I've just had to check my mum back into the hospital. So it kind of it sets it up so early on yeah. without even you noticing. So, so it it 
I'd recommend multiple viewings of this movie. Yeah, the but, writing is a complete standout. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously, lots of things are standouts. How, in this how film. have we made it this far and not talked about Heath Ledger's Joker? Because it's just we did, we did. What I mentioned him already. Oh, I thought we were going to go into detail. Oh, we no. could. Um, I'm just let, going to quickly let, we'll say that point, yeah. writing. Yeah, the, obviously, with all Nolan films, writing is at the forefront. Uh, it's yeah, like Xander said, everything has a moment. Uh, everything has a purpose in every moment, and obviously, Joker's plot, Joker's plan. It's it, it's it's coincidental. Everything works out perfectly for him until the end. Yeah. Uh, but f- it it whatever it works, you you get to go on this nice little story, go a little adventure, you know. This nice little story about yeah. a terrorist killing. Yeah, I mean, a terrorist clown. Because with Inception, I mean, like, there's, it's such clinically so clinically written. Like, yeah. That's Inception. Um, and I don't think there's anything. Well, there are, there are things wrong with that film, but in terms of writing, I think it's quite perfect. And I think it's just the same here, really. Yeah. See, I. I cannot imagine being like Christopher Nolan at this point in his career because <laughs> here he he has this streak of movies. He does Batman Begins, then The Prestige, then The Dark Knight, then Inception, then The Dark Knight Rises. Like that, he does all those in the space of seven years. So like in between, in between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, he just happens to make one of the most influential action movies of the decade. It's it's insane. This man has no off switch. <laughs> he's, he's crazy. His workload yeah. is quite big. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, talk about um, Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, he did win a posthumous Oscar, of course, yep. and passed away before the release of the movie, uh, yep. which is sad. Um, and it also did affect this franchise because they were gonna, you know, there were rumors they were gonna bring him back for the sequel. He was gonna be a, a la- in a larger role in Dark Knight Rises, but which obviously, would have been pretty awesome. Would have been interesting. A lot of people but, probably want to see his character again. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it would have been great, but yeah. of course we don't know what it would have been. Um, no, and we Speculations that we can do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he is incredible. Like the op- the scene when you... The opening scene, the bank heist, is, is perfect. Just, yeah. It's one of the best opening scenes. Fantastic. Great way to start the film, just straight into it. Gets you in there. Yeah. Then his introduction to the mob gang. Yeah, the, uh, the iconic... Um, so good. The pencil where he's like, oh, we're going to make the pencil disappear. He smacks the guy. Then he just, you know... It's the little mannerisms as well he does. He get He's so into the character. Like, you, if you know, you can see him, like, just he always, constantly licking his lips. Yeah. yeah. Can, you can hear it as well. He's just like... Yeah. Constantly applying yeah. moisture to his lips. That is, like... Makes, makes him look wet. Mm. Yeah. And uh, jumping back to that intro sequence, yeah, it is perfect because it explains exactly the type of character that he is. So he's got this entire thing planned out. He's got all these people killing each other after their yeah. purposes <laughs> fulfilled. So it's chaotic, but it's it's all contained and it's all planned. Yeah. And, he, and the fact that he's actually involved with the bank heist... Yeah, exactly. It also speaks, like... Speaks tons. I mean, that's like an iconic shot now like of him just holding the mask on the on the sidewalk that's a, an iconic shot as it is yeah. and it just goes from there and that's also a really cool piece of writing because the guy who tries to stop the bank robbery that guy with the shotgun comes out and he's like do you have any any idea who you're stealing from and they say as well when they press the silent alarm it goes to a private number instead of like the uh, the police so it's going to the mob bosses so you know Already, it's laying seeds for what's to come. Yeah. It's so insanely clever. Yeah, there's a, there's a really cool scene where, where him and his uh, mob arrive at the party, and uh, he snatches a, a wine glass from somebody, and as he snatches it, the liquid all the entire drink just comes out. But yet he takes a sip anyway, which yeah. is just 
Fantastic. That's on. I think that's on purpose. I think that's to say, like, oh, he's, you know, I'm gonna look like I'm having a drink here, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm. I need to stay focused. I'm and, here in a mission. You know, yeah. so gets rid of it, and then. And he's and, part and of probably my, my favorite scene in the movie is um, the um, police scene where they're marching through the city, and um, turns out Joker and his men have uh, stolen the uniforms of the soldiers, and um, there's a really cool shot where you can see very, very slightly Joker without the makeup. Yeah, it and looks it looks weird. awesome. He kind of reminded me of um, Percy Wetmore from uh, The Green Mile, in a, li- a little bit, just in that shot. That, that... I don't, I don't know who Percy is in The Green Mile. Wait, you don't? You've seen The Green Mile? I've seen The Green Mile. I don't know is what the, the character is. He was like the one that like, you know, caused all the problems and stuff. But you have to give it a watch. Oh, the um, the bad police officer. Yeah. Who, like kills the mouse. Yeah. 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 He, he kind of like reminded me of that, for, like. Oh. Just the way he kind of looked. Um, I mean. There's so many iconic scenes in this movie, like the the why so serious, the uh, telling him about his parent, his dad, he, how he got his scars. That's yeah, uh, that's. I mean, he changes it every single time, and that's that's great. I like that. Um, it just and the interrogation scene is that is so just super incredible. It's just it's just it's iconic. I could I could watch those two like Batman and the Joker talk over a table all day long yeah. and I don't think we'd ever get boring it's funny because in this segment of the podcast which it's just us saying this film is incredible because it is yeah there's incredible. I'm trying to like there is one thing that bugs me about this movie it's a nitpick it's really nitpicky but when the when Batman goes to a crime scene the Joker's killed some people and there's a, there's a bullet in the wall and he takes out the brick takes it with him and and then scans it and then shoots different bullets, gets a, gets loads of different kinds of bullets, puts them in a gun, and shoots them at these bricks, and then matches it up to the same one, so it's the same brick yep. and same bullet hole. Then he scan, then he makes a recreation of the bullet through like whatever science he's using. Yeah, that's fine. He's rich. Yeah, he's rich. <laughs> he, he has this technology. Then puts the bullet back together, and there's a fingerprint on the bullet. Which he, you know, put in the so he knows how so he put it in the gun and then shot it, right? Sure, but there's casing, there's bullet casing. So what the Joker had to do to put the fingerprint on there, because then once he gets the fingerprint, that fingerprint leads to an apartment, and that's when we get the mayor shooting scene. Yeah. So he, what the Joker had to do was take the bullet out of the casing without letting it go off. Put a perfect thumbprint on it, put the bullet back in the casing, then load it into the gun, shoot it at the wall, just so we knew, and just so what happens that Batman has this exact technology to recreate yeah. this. It's impossible, is what it is. It's ludicrous. That's the yeah. one moment in the movie. Yeah. And that does yeah, ring true for just, it, not to that extreme, but to yeah, the coincidental <laughs> nature of the entire script, which it's it a good script, but it is very coincidental. And not even coincidental in this case. In this case, it's just kind of. It's not enough, uh, not enough thought put into that, really. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I can look over that. I can look yeah, over that. Yeah. The, like the, uh, I think the one of the best scenes in the movie is probably the chase when Harvey Dent gets arrested, when he claims he's Batman and the Joker comes after him. Yeah, that is such a great scene because yeah. he's shooting at this armored truck and he's like, "They're gonna need something better than that," and he just pulls out a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. And then with, with the introduction of the Bat Bike, the Bat Bike in this movie is maybe one of my favourite movie vehicles. The Bat, the Bat Bike does this really awesome move where after the Joker 
crashes the truck and he goes towards the um, the skyscraper and instead of just turning it around it just sort of flips backwards yeah he rolls up the wall and then just turns it's so cool it's yeah. really awesome and, and in terms of like sorry yeah in terms oh. of vehicular like um, elements like the whole uh like with the lorry being flipped, yeah, yeah, really done literally. That. that was a yeah. that was a really good, um, really good chase scene. Better than the one in Begins, I'd th- I'd say. Yeah, I think the, the action in this movie is much better than in Begins. Far better shot, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think absolutely. I think that helps because the movie is just so tense because the Joker in as a character is so unpredictable. You have no idea when the next thing's going to go off, and the m- music in this I think improves because there's. Like this over, like always this. Yeah, that. And it just gets louder and louder until something's about to go off. Yeah. And e- even when like certain explosions go off, in the, the there's you know when um when that judge opens up the envelope and there's a Joker card in it, and she blows up. Like that, the, it's still going. You're like, oh my God, this is an explosion. It needs yeah. to calm down. It's still going up. And then they arrive at the party, and then it stops, and yeah. that's great. And uh, what's interesting about this one is that it, it doesn't try to make you relate to the Joker all too much at all. No, it doesn't. Unlike, you know, Joker, which came yeah. out, it, it's, not, it's going for a very different um, look. And it's it, it, obviously you're behind Batman the entire time. Yeah. Um, but I guess even to like an extent, it's like, it's more so in, <laughs> I'm not sure who mentioned this, it might have been you, Xander, but in um, Rises, the police force are, are quite... Well, quite, her- quite, quite heroic. We'll, 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 oh, cro- yeah, we'll cross yeah. that bridge when we, we get uh, there. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. it to you yesterday when we watched it. And in this, it's like it, Gordon is the. Yeah, I think you're probably behind Gordon the entire time. Yeah. Oh, until we, you know. Like, you don't disappears. trust any of the police in this movie. You don't trust anyone apart from Commissioner yeah. Gordon and Batman. Those are the only two people you really solidly trust the whole way through the movie. Mm. Yeah. And it. The, yeah, and I think th- th- that works for the movie. It does. Um, don't know what else we can really say it's just like I'm sure people will be like oh what about this iconic scene what about this great scene what about this great scene there's just too many what right okay what do you think of Two-Face in this movie because Aaron Hightower does eventually turn into Two-Face he was very solid I'd say was definitely like a good inclusion into the movie I don't think the transition is all too sort of, seamless. It, yeah, it doesn't really work too much. I think it's he goes from being the greatest guy in Gotham yeah. and the most moral man in Gotham to just to being just some psycho who flips coins. Yeah, yeah. it's um a lot of I'm not I've seen a lot of people online say the if you can you know if you edit this movie yourself and cut out the two face bits then it'd be perfect and I'm. I mean, there's just... Mm. It's that tone of... You see all the way through the movie, he does start off like that, and sure, I think there's maybe a gap in the middle, where, but it's because of other things that have gone on. Like, he tells Commissioner Gordon earlier on that, you know, you can't trust people on your force, and then he trusts the people on his force, and then they kill... Because of those people, Maggie Gyllenhaal dies, and he gets burnt... He gets half his face burnt off. I mean, he yeah. has gone through a lot of stuff. It, it, yeah. It, it, sure, yeah. I mean, it is warranted. Um, but the people who say that it would be a better film without Two-Face, that's complete nonsense. Because I think so. Yeah, Joker's is, uh... whole, the whole point of Joker's plan was to show you that the greatest person can be changed. Yeah. And changed for the worse. And obviously he, he got it and he, he basically won by the end of it. He does, yeah. yeah. He does. 
And um, I was just going to point out the the last shot we see of the Joker when he's hanging from the building. It's there's a really cool trans um, with the camera where it's sort of slow. Oh yeah, because he's hanging upside down and it turns, so he's facing up. Yeah, and it's just like really that. cool, like seeing like his coat just you know sort of flopping around yeah. in the air. That's that's really cool, like. Yeah, there was a lot of like good shots in this movie. Um, this movie was also uh, there were about about twenty minutes of footage shot in IMAX, and uh, I've got that on my Blu-ray copy of it. And seeing those IMAX shots are incredible. So it's the opening scene, then some of the scenes in China when he gets Lao from. That's a whole different side of the movie we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. And uh, the big chase scene in the middle with uh, the bat bike. That's yep. all in IMAX, and it looks stunning. Yep. It really does look stunning. And actually, during that chase scene, one of the own I think there was four IMAX cameras in the world at that point, and they destroyed one of them what? during that scene. Unbelievable. Which is uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we really... We sort of did touch on casting, but I think overall, pretty pretty good. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is better. I think she's better. But yeah. she's just... She's not fantastic. She's, but she's just there. Yeah. You know, no one's saying, oh my God, did you see that incredible Maggie Gyllenhaal performance in The Dark Knight? Yeah. No, Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Dark Knight is my favourite Maggie Gyllenhaal performance. Yeah. I think that's, well, even for the most, even if she was really good, I think just Ledger stands out so much. He yeah. shines so bright that it's... Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. Um, I Also, I like the, the, the bits of world building with the scarecrow being at the start as well. Yeah. Like cuz at the end of begins he just gets away. He just runs up. He gets he's on a horse yeah. and he gets yeah. scared and just rides away on a horse. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's yeah. still out there somewhere and in this he's just become a drug dealer. Yeah. And then he gets caught at the start of this. That's another iconic scene. Yes. Yeah. When Batman's standing on the rails and then just jumps down this part car park and lands on the car. That's yeah. amazing. And you and you're also missing in that scene where there's that fake Batman and he's like, oh, what's the difference between me and you? And he just goes, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Yeah. There's, see, that that's a great... There's so many great one-lines in this movie. Yeah. So many great quotes. And it does, yeah. It, that specific scene that Jay mentioned, it, it sort of raises questions on why is Batman the only one allowed to do the things that he does? Yeah, and, it, is, it is really good. Yeah. Just... If you haven't seen the Dark, do you, do you think you need to watch Batman Begins to understand the Dark Knight? <laughs> I I well personally I don't think so. I don't I don't think that you'll need to have watched Batman Begins to understand the Dark Knight because I think the Dark Knight works as a trilogy film and it works as a standalone film. I think. Fun story. Um, I didn't know Batman Begins existed. Uh, when I watched The Dark Knight. I watched The Dark Knight, and then I watched The Dark Knight Rises, and I thought, hey, you know, that's the that's the two films, yeah. right? And then I found out Batman Begins existed because I didn't think it was part of a trilogy because yeah. it's not called The Dark Knight Begins. Exactly. Yeah, and, it, yeah, yeah. So I got away with watching the second one first, and I think that was all right. It was fine. I, yeah. Nothing seemed... Everything seemed to be explained, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, like I said, I only seen Batman Begins three times all the way yeah. through because as a kid, I couldn't watch it. So like, I just watched The Dark Knight. Yeah, the I, Dark I, remember, Knight I remember The Dark Knight, as I said earlier, coming out. I do not remember Batman Begins coming out at all. Well, you will have been five years old at that point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I can still, I can still like remember like some movies coming out. I mean, like Rises uh, relies more on Begins, I feel, because it yeah. mentions back on Ra's al Ghul. And yeah, the second and the, one, and the reason why yeah. he's not there and the Harvey Dent stuff is yeah. in Rises as well. Yeah. Um, overall, out of ten, what are we giving this movie? Well, I just want to give it a ten because it's, it's a ten. Really, I really like this movie. <laughs> it's a ten. It's just. I mean, my it, mates aren't gonna be happy over that because they just. Do they not like this? Well, movie? no, they like it. It's just they don't think it's. 
it, they don't think it's the yeah I can't give them any credit because I don't know the reasons and I, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to you know yeah make them sound bad but no I just uh, I don't know I, w- I would say yep yeah, a solid 10 out of 10 um, Heath Ledger's portrayal as the Joker is probably the best the best um, portrayal of a supervillain um, up there with Josh Brolin as Thanos um, this was actually nominated for eight Oscars. Eight Oscars, and didn't get nominated for Best Picture, which then forced the Academy to open up its uh, its Best Picture rules from five movies to ten movies. Yeah. It was because of this movie and Wally, because yep. they everyone was up in arms that neither of them got nominated for Best Picture, so they decided to open it up. And now we get ten nominations. Yeah. Have, have, I haven't seen Wally for a really long time. I have to give it another it's watch. It's so good. It is. It's, it's so good. Without getting off topic, it, it's like a perfect. It's a perfect example of visual storytelling. It is. You're right. Without without going off topic, and also another thing I was going to point out, the Joker, the makeup, obviously, it, you can. It pretty much changed Halloween, I would say, because now you can't really go anywhere. Without on, on, on on Halloween, you can't go to a party. You don't see people walking the streets. You do not. You can. It's. I'm trying to word it. He's iconic. Yeah. The, the costume and the makeup. You can't go anywhere on Halloween without seeing some at least one person as the Joker. And that's yeah. why. Yeah. This, this film was at least is the reason that Joker was so was hyped. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. Let's move on then. Let's. Um. This next conversation is going to be quite fun. We watched this movie yesterday. It is the Dark Knight Rises. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. Oh, your money. Ooh. The third movie in this uh, Dark Knight trilogy. The final one. A creative title. The final one. Yes. He rises. But... So we, we watched this last night. And uh, I was halfway through it we were about an hour into it and I decided to make a list of questions and curious curious questions of how the f*** this movie works a lot a lot of questions actually yeah definitely um, it was definitely a step down from the other two I would think especially in terms of writing it has a lot of gaps it has a lot of gaps could have done really could have done with the final draft it doesn't seem finished so I'm going to just read out these questions all the way through, <laughs> and then maybe we can pick up on a couple of them. Well, so, yeah. how does Joseph Gordon-Levitt know that he's Batman? Why is he so f***ed up after eight years of not being Batman? Is that magic leg brace filled with steroids? There's a magic leg brace. There's just a magic leg brace in this movie. Why did they build a Batcave when he quit being Batman before the new house was built? That's a genuinely good question. Yeah. That clean slate thing that Catwoman wants is dumb as sh- the choreography in this movie is a mess. The clean energy reactor is f***ing stupid. I have so many questions about this pit. Why did they send every cop into the tunnels? How did he get back into the city? Why did he put on his Batman voice when he's talking to people who know who he is? Bad extras. <laughs> Bane goes out like a punk. Hilarious acting from Marianne Cotillard. How the f***? The f- Did he survive? And the ending is ruined by showing Bruce Wayne. If you haven't seen this movie, 
that will have been a list of very strange things. If you haven't seen this movie, well, you're not really missing much, to be honest. Plus, don't listen to this podcast if you haven't seen the film. Just yeah. watch it. <laughs> Why are you even listening if you haven't even watched it? Yeah, just get out. Um, okay, so now that you're gone, we can talk to the real people. Okay, so... Oh. <laughs> right, so... Uh, okay, so, I mean... Xander, do you want to put up your questions? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read from them. I'm gonna. You're, you're gonna go through each one of them. Yeah. Right. Well, we're gonna go through at a brisk pace, but not, not too fast. So, what's the first one? So, how does Joseph Gordon-Levitt know that he's Batman? Because he just walks in, knocks on his Wayne Manor, and is like, "Yo, I know you're Batman. Why don't you come back?" Yeah, and um, yeah. I think Scripps' reasoning for this is just because they try to explain it. Didn't they? they try to say <laughs> that um, he'd been through experiences. Yeah. Where <laughs> the one reason he knows is uh, because. Batman's face. I don't know how he's both Batman's orphans. Face. orphans <laughs> and he knows the look. He knows yeah. the look yeah. of someone who, who's been through what he's been through, and that's his reasoning. And it's fine. It's whatever. It's like it's in to an extent. It's kind of like what you said about the bullet casing. It's like it gets you yeah. across to what you where you need to be. It was just not a very good transition. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone in this movie seems to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, which was a good point that we brought up um, when we watched it yesterday. It this movie completely spoils. Batman's whole vigilante character, I would say. Because Batman is supposed to be, you know, the vigilante. You know, nobody knows who he is. You know, he's like, he's a mystery, you know. Yeah, is is like, he even real? One the stuff. the and entire then, last movie was about who, you know, you have to unmask yourself or we're going to kill these, or we're going to kill loads of people. So just tell us who you are and we'll stop killing people. Whereas this movie, it's just like, oh yeah, people know who he is now. Everyone knows who he yeah, is. Yeah, it, so it, it, it completely just... <laughs> on basically the whole plot point the main driving point behind The Dark yeah. Knight I feel like we're missing a film maybe sometime between yeah. Dark Knight Rises I feel like there's something I missing. think I think yeah it was a it was a explain. weird jump I think because the end of The Dark Knight where he rides off on the bike and then this one it, we've kind of jumped to oh he doesn't want to be Batman anymore well it's not it's not that he just hangs up the cowl after The Dark Knight and then he just doesn't go out the house it seems he doesn't leave the house because he isn't Batman so it's like what's the point which is really weird and he just he can't walk anymore like he's got no cartilage in his knees anymore because he just walks around the house and that is that real does that happen I mean no. he must not be walking he must just be lying in bed the, the uh, only the only thing I could think of is um, having no cartilage in your knees is if you have like loads and loads of knee injuries really that's I don't it. know though, but it's just yeah, it's just confusing. This, it, yeah. yeah, it's stuff that I can look past. We, yeah, I guess I think they just really wanted to do a, a take on the Dark Knight Returns, and we're like so desperate to make him old Batman, so that you know he has to rise up again. Yeah, that he. But they just kind of skipped that. But there is little, very little Batman in this movie. There is. I think there's around twenty minutes, and this movie's two hours forty-five. Yeah, it's it's a long one. And it's the longest one of the three, I think. It I, is. I don't know if I want to mention it now about the whole thing with Batman and the fact that he, Batman looks bad in light. Yeah, he just yeah, does, and yeah, it doesn't yep. work. So yeah, Dark Knight works so well, uh, begins works so well because he's shown as like a to an extent to an, like a monster because he's he's yeah. in the dark, hides in the dark, and then people don't know if he's like sort of a human or yeah. whether he's you know some sort of bat creature. That's what makes it really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's you know that strikes fear in people, and this one he's just. Was... To an extent, it's, there's a reason for why he's so clumsy. Because why well, he hasn't done it for years. Pl- yeah. When he first gets shown, yeah, I'm stumbling with my words. When he first gets uh, into action again, into the right into rises, 
uh, he's he's just making a complete scene. He's yeah, making yeah. himself really known. Everyone's you know everyone's seeing him. News he, he and drives police. The police officers away from Bane. Actually, yeah, ridiculous. yeah. And, um, as you were you, as you mentioned about Batman being the light, there's I don't think there is very few nighttime action scenes. There. There's only one that I can think of, and I think it, I'm not sure if it was a. A bat chair with the bike because he goes he goes up a, a ramp of a, a truck. Yeah, but even that that's the first scene that he's in, and even that it's so light. It's, it's a little underwhelming. Yeah, like he when they're driving under the tunnel, that tunnel has so many lights yeah. to make it look like it's daytime under there. And then as soon as he's in the dark, they have a spotlight on him. Yeah. So and in, and, and, and in said scene, you also pointed out about um, bad extras, and there is a, a hilariously bad extra that does a terrible job when there's a scene with Batman and Catwoman fighting a lot of henchmen. You can see in the background a guy falls over and he doesn't even get kicked. So Yeah, but yeah. people the choreography in this movie is a mess. I mean to an, I mean I, well when it's when it's uh, extra I feel like when it came to the extras he was just like, oh just do your thing, you know, do your yeah. thing. Um, but when it came to some of the better scenes, so the like, scene in the sewer, yeah. That scene, amazing choreography. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, really good. Um I think I think arguably one of the best scenes in the trilogy is the scene when Bane faces Batman for the first time and yeah, they have that fight underground and there's no music That is because it's scene. just Bane beating some ass yeah. for like and, five uh, minutes. It's so good. Yeah, on the subject of Bane, Tom Hardy is fantastic. Easily the best, in my opinion, the best part of the movie, Tom Hardy is Bane, I'd say. They do transform him. He doesn't come across like Tom Hardy. No, he doesn't. He's, yeah. well, he's another famous Tom Hardy role when he just covers his face for the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, definitely better a better Bane than the one in Batman and Robin where he kind of looked like a Mexican wrestler. And just... Well, that, that's the thing. In Batman and Robin, they got the look right for the comics. He looks perfect. But he's just... He just walks around and goes, Bane! And that's, you know, he's Bane is also meant to be this super genius. Yeah. So they kind of got one one aspect of it right in Batman and Robin and one aspect of it right in this. All, but I think this version of it altogether is just better. He was all all brawn and no brains in that movie, but not yeah. in this one. He definitely Because he's still, he, you know, in, in the comics he pumps himself full of venom and that's not really realistic. So in this he's just a really strong man. Yeah. He's yeah. trained a lot, yeah. Yeah, and he's got that mask. That mask is sick. It's it so cool. Yeah. And I, people are divided on the voice. What, what do you think of the voice? Uh, it works, yeah. It's, um, it's, it, what do you think the voice works? Maybe a little light-hearted. It does. It, to me, the voice was... You must answer the question like this. <laughs> no, you mustn't. Don't, don't so, do it, don't so, do it. So, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the voice works and it doesn't because personally he's a massive dude but he's got like this sort of high pitched voice it, it'd work yeah. better if, he, if it was like more deep and more intimidating but I think I suppose so- that's not really the point sometimes you can't quite catch what he's saying as well yeah I I, I, I never came across that but on, on occasion but yeah. then once you get to the end of the sentence you're like oh right okay I know what he's saying yeah. So it's normally like words that you don't need to hear. Brain sort of puts it together, yeah. yeah. It is an iconic voice. I mean, it if is, it wasn't yeah. that, then it would just be, yeah, you know, it's, we'd it's forget just, about it. We wouldn't be talking about it. That's one, yeah. of the, that's one of the fun things you can do if you've got an empty Pringles can lying around just talking to it and you become Bane. There you sure. go. Uh, if we jump the gun here, you said that this uh, you didn't like the clean slate sort of storyline yeah. with Catwoman. I don't... I, I yeah. Think it, I it, I just, it just makes no sense. Okay. I, th- I think the thing I think the thing itself makes no sense. It's just like, oh, right, okay, yeah, you've 
we've got this access to every single database in the world and you'll not exist anymore. I think it's just a bit cheap and easy. I, I guess from yeah. if you're really looking at her perspective, um, it's, well, if I were to believe this, I would, if I was in a massive, involved in a massive, like, what's she, like, a, she's in a she criminal organisation. And then she's just in this mag, massive organisation, like, tied in and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'd I, believe it, mm. like, for her, if I was Catwoman, I'd be like, that that exists, it's oh possible. my god, I need it, but it's just, mm. it just sounds stupid when you say it out loud, it's that, it's that kind of thing, so, hey, do you want to go to uh, the Candyland, where there's lots of candy and marshmallows, like, you want to take me to a place with lots of candy and marshmallows, oh, right, that doesn't exist, yes. it's kind of like that, yeah. another thing, the, the clean energy reactor, I, I, that's oh, that, just, yeah. that's the biggest MacGuffin, yeah. it's just, yeah, oh, it. we've got this reactor, it's, Definitely not a bomb. Yeah. Oh look, they made it a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Bat- Batman's new vehicle was a little bit, although it looked alright, it was definitely underwhelming. And the whole big reveal. Oh, the bat. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's no, just it's a... just like we got a new vehicle for you. We call it the bat. So I, I like, think I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like the. the yeah, I mean, bat, I mean, I mean, the, it, the it's the, basically the new Batwing. It looks clumsy to me. Do you think? <laughs> it looks like it's just like sort of dangling. Look. It's got the similar look of the tumbler, yeah. but without the wheels. Hmm. I think it could have done with like just being a bit of like you know, sly yep. secret. It just seems a bit big, chunky. Like it's yeah. just clunky it as well. I mean, like, kind of looks like a moth. Kind of, yeah. Did it just move yeah. really slowly? Really? Do you think they should have gone for a bat? Maybe, or is that too obvious? That would have been really dumb. <laughs> yeah, I th- but I think though, with the tone they're going for with the other vehicles, I think that it works. But yeah, it does. End. The special effects, by the way, in this trilogy. Top quality. We're good. Yep. You can't fault them. There's no little moments where you're like, oh, that's not going to age well. Because I think even in Batman Begins, I don't think there's a moment where you look at the CGI and think that's not good. Yeah, they get away with it, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's just used sparingly. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, the bat, the, I'm going to call it the Batwing, because it just is a Batwing. Yeah. The Batwing in this movie looks incredible. Like, CGI-wise, anyway. I think yeah. it looks great. It is, it is good. And when it comes to Nolan, he likes to do a lot of things, practically. He as does. much as he can. You yeah. can't do a bat wing. No, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the... Like... There are some really great scenes in this. Like, as we said, the scene in the sewer when he fights Bane. Yep. I think the moment when he... When Bane blows up the football stadium. Yeah, that's That is awesome another one of the great scenes in the movie but it's built up to by one of the dumbest moments in this trilogy where the police force decide <laughs> to send all of their officers into the tunnels to fight Bane yeah every single police officer you said this like every single ranking yeah. detectives I mean, it's, we've, cop, beat cops we've, police captains Soldiers, everyone goes down there. It kind of sounds a little bit familiar. We we saw if you ever seen the Blues Brothers, then that's exactly what happens at the end. Spoilers if you've never seen it, but that <laughs> that one made sense because it was you know it was over the top and it was comedic. But you see like this just army of police officers trooping down. Like how many Bane villain? How many people do you think it takes to take down Bane? Like send in a SWAT team to make sure he's down there. Really, and then yeah. maybe send in a lot more people. Don't send every single man you've got. <laughs> it's just a bit weird. Like, don't it? send Larry who's walking the beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally traffic cops. Like, yeah, traffic cops. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. It was. It's just strange, man. Yeah. I, what are you gonna? Just say? some strange decisions to make the plot move. Any oh, other totally. any other questions that we can touch upon? Well, we're going to jump onto uh, my segment of the podcast called the pit segment. the pit. Xander, what's your opinion on the pit? I don't know what the the pit is. I don't know. I'm so confused by the pit. Is it a metaphor? Because you said it's a metaphor. I, didn't, I said it is could it be. Though? It, is it though? It because was. It's, not, it's not shown in a way that's a metaphor. It's shown as in it's a realistic it's prison it's real. where people are held in some weird obscure country that we don't know the name uh, of mm-hmm. but people go down there, have children there and then just climb out uh, and they send ropes down. Why the f- do they not send all the rope down? Why? What? I have so many questions about this pit. I, I, I have a certain question about the pit. Is what the hell they they keep chanting? Because to me, it sounds like fish, pasta, fish, fish, pasta. They they say it says uh they says rise. Yeah. It means rise. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool though, because that like sort of keeps that that was in all the trailers and the promotional material. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that the soundtrack, it's it's into it's it's integrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Although it sounds very questionable, it does sound like fish pasta. Yeah, but I mean, much. but I mean, it, it's it. I mean, it's it works because it's very like ominous, kind of for the setting at least. Especially when it's quiet, because mm. it just shows he's he's he and then when it gets louder and louder, it's more inspiration. Well, what's fun? Is it says it gets to the top of the pit. Yeah, it's brought up like, before you see the pit, before the yeah. whole pit sequence happens. It, yeah, you can hear it in the soundtrack, and oh, that's pretty nice. And then it's explained; it's fun. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the pit. Uh, <laughs> about that. Um, so, yeah, no, I want it to be a metaphor. You said because yeah. it obviously doesn't make sense with the current script we're given. I no. feel like it's either a transition between script to screen that just wasn't explained well, or what, or it's just the fact that the script didn't have a final draft and that it it doesn't. Because this script has so many small things that you, they could fix if yeah. they if they just changed things or maybe edit, edited the film just slightly differently. Yeah. Because of course, once he gets out of the pit, he just returns to Gotham and yeah. I don't understand the timeline of this movie as well. Yeah. I googled it and it said there's five months from when so between Batman break Bane breaking Batman's back, there's five months between that and the bomb going off. Yeah. And there's only three months and we, and between. We, the the football stadium explosion and the bomb going off. Yeah, so that's two months that Batman that Bruce Wayne's just been just just a bit and disappeared. We, and we also we had this question raised a lot as we watched it yesterday about the bomb because we thought it said something like seventy five hours or something. Oh yeah, we yeah there were extra numbers above it and that we just didn't see them. Yeah, but um, yeah, like then so we so at this point though when he's when he sees the football stadium explode, he's still laying on his back. He hasn't even stood up yet yeah. in the pit. So he still has a broken back. And then in three months, in the space of three months, he mends his broken back, climbs out of the pit, attempts to climb out of it twice and fails and falls and probably hurts his back a lot more That's doing so. That is a- then gets out of the pit the third time in whatever the f- country he's in gets back to America because he it looks somewhere in Africa yeah it looks somewhere in Africa he has to cross some sort of border and some sort of ocean to yeah. get back and, all, and also you were talking about like apparent how did he get there because apparently all the water was frozen in Gotham that's different that's a different thing but oh. then like he, he then gets back into Gotham which sure earlier on he mentions that Gotham City is outside the city limits 
So maybe he gets back to his Wayne Manor, uh, and then there's tunnels into the city. Sure, I'm okay with that. Maybe if the movie explained that at any point. Also, what you said, they send people out, they like sentence them to exile. And when they exile them, they send them out into the ocean, and the ocean around Gotham City has frozen over. How cold is it in Gotham? That the ocean has frozen. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. I mean, I'm sure that's a phenomenon that kind of happens sometimes. I, I, I don't know, man. I've done my research. Where? Well, yeah. <laughs> in America, though. Yeah, sure, maybe I know. in the Arctic, the water will freeze. Not in a middle America. <laughs> yeah, God knows, man. Yeah, well, oh, and then it's just you know, adds to the many questions we have for this film. But I then, mean, it, it looks cool when they like walking out and they fall through, and mm. there's an action sequence on there. That's pretty cool. But it for a cool visual to get rid of logic and sense. Not sure. Not sure that's a fair trade. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the final, the final battle with Bane. It could have worked better if it was, as I said, in the night, because there was very little nighttime action and a lot of it was just in broad daylight. And again, the daylight just kind of ruins Batman's vigilante character. I'd it really say. does. Because now he's just in like broad daylight and everyone can just see it's this. Who's this goofball just dressed like that? Dressed like a bat. Yeah. What an what, idiot. What a jackass. What a dumb. <laughs> You know, so, this is probably my least favourite iteration of the costume as well. I don't really like it. No. I don't know what it, it is. Uh, there's been slight it. changes, haven't there? Mm. It just the, co- the costume is alright. It doesn't... It definitely uh, is more realistic. It doesn't have, um, you know, like, underwear on the outside. It looks, I mean, like, they change it slightly. They tweak it between yeah. each movie. Yeah. And I think between The Dark Knight and this one, they sort of slim down the neck. They do. And I think that does something. I don't think yeah. that works with me. And they make it like almost a dark grey instead of a jet, jet black. Yeah. So it's just slight differences that change it. A different question that I mentioned earlier. Why did they build a Batcave in, the, in Wayne Manor when he quit being Batman eight years ago when the house wasn't even built? Yeah, I I tried to answer this. You like, did try we were... to answer this, and you failed. Well, because it makes the... no sense. I came to well, the that did not make sense. What was your, what was, what was your sense, answer? Yeah. My, well, I think I was okay. Let's look. So you said that. Um, so what happened? So the house well, is destroyed. The the house is destroyed at the end of Batman Begins. Yep. And they say they'll build the rebuild um, during the next for the next time. So then during the Dark Knight, he's in a penthouse in the city, and when they're doing Batman stuff, they go into this. With cargo bay and there's an underground bit. Yeah, it's fine. It looks, it's cool. You know what? They've got other bat caves. You know, go to bat caves. Then, at the end of the Dark Knight, he gives up being Batman. He says, "I can't be Batman anymore. You, you know, you guys, you high guys have to hate me, so that Harvey Dent can be a hero, and so I'm gonna leave." Then he leaves, stops being Batman. Go and then Wayne Manor is finished being built again. Looks great. But there's still a Batcave. He he remade the Batcave. He remodelled the Batcave. Because it's not the same Batcave as the one in Begins. So he's remodelled it. The only conclusion I came to in the end, the only thing that could have made sense was it was being made during the Dark Knight. And then they sort of had it ready, but... Yeah. <sighs> but we... Uh, I don't know, man. Your logic is flawed. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it sure is... You know, lucky for him that he's got his own Batcave. There's yeah. just too many holes in this movie that you can poke as you look yeah. at it. If you look further into it, you're just like, 
Why? Like, as well, why does he put on the Batman voice when he's talking to people who know who he is? He's talking to uh, Morgan Freeman at a point in the Batman voice. What addresses Batman? He's like, why are you doing this? And he's talking to Catwoman. She knows who he is. Yeah. I reckon it's just because... I I tried to justify it in maybe a silly way, but... My only explanation is that he's gotten into the habit of putting it on when he has the costume on. So he's like, oh, I've got the costume on. That means I have to change my voice. Yeah, I guess it'd be weird if you heard Bruce Wayne coming out of Batman. Do you, That's do you reckon, one thing I can think. Do you reckon every time he, he finishes Batman and he goes home, and do you, I think maybe he has to take a load of lozenges because he's probably does. very sore. Probably oh, does. Yeah, he thinks so. Well, that's the thing. I, one, one thing I like about the Ben Affleck Batman is that when he puts on the suit, he has a voice changer. Because they test it out in Dawn of Justice. Yeah. So he's got a voice changer. That's why his voice is deep. That's great. Yeah, perfect. That's all we need. Whereas in this, they make him change it himself. Yeah. And so it (laughs) makes for these curious moments. And it it also just spans so many memes. Have you noticed people going... Um, Where the trigger? Now speaking of Where we, didn't, we didn't touch on that actually. There's always like a, a where is it moment in all three movies. In the first one it was a where are the drugs. Second one it was a where are they. And this one it's where that's the trigger. Well, in the in the first one, the one of the most iconic moments in the first one is uh, where that guy's like, oh, I swear to God, I don't know. It's a swear to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And then there's a. Uh, Yo, where is she in the second one? And then I, uh, where's the trigger in the third one? It's a, well, for some, it's actually where are they? But for some reason, people always remember it as where is she? I don't yeah. know why. Maybe that's oh. just maybe that's just the Mandela All effect. All right, God, that's I'm the Mandela sorry. effect kicking in. Well, that's just oh, it. I, I, just, I, just, I just pointed it out. I don't know if I, I don't know if I said where is she. I probably did because you know, people just get into the habit of that and it just sounds better as well. Um, the moment that scared all four of you, or three of you even, was the moment when Marianne Cotillard died and I burst into laughter. It was completely just silent and then all of a sudden we just hear, it's because <laughs> when she dies, she's, it's ridiculous. It's one yeah. of the worst death scenes in a movie. She's lay crushed in a truck. It's like, this is the end. It, yeah. <laughs> she, like her head actually drops. He goes, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> "What is happening?" If like, you've seen the movie, man. you know what I mean. But, but like you said, like um, it was probably a rough scene from an equally rushed entire film. That's it. Like this whole movie just feels rushed. I feel like Nolan had a plan for this movie, and then when Heath Ledger tragically died, yeah, that plan was thrown out the it's... window, and he had to come up with a new movie that was as was as big as the one he planned. But Warner Brothers pushed a release date on him, so he only had a set amount of time, and he also had production on Inception to do, yeah. and pre-production on Interstellar, which came after The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So it's just a whole lot of studio, I want to say meddling, but it's mm-hmm. not meddling, it's just It's just pressure. time crunch. Yeah. Time yeah. crunch, yeah. Because you want to keep... Like, the Dark Knight was a huge hit, made over a billion dollars. Yeah, of course. So, how, you know, how are you going to top that? So you have to you have to keep it in the public eye so you yeah. have to make another one as soon as possible oh, yeah given it another year it could have been so much better one more year if this came out in 2013 this truly could have been a perfect trilogy but it's not yeah and, it's, and it, and it, and it and kind it, of goes out with a, a weak fart it kind, of, it kind of had like a hard act to follow as well because it was coming out the same year as um, The Amazing Spider-Man which was obviously very People were obviously hyped for that, you know, for the Spider-Man reboot, and this was coming out around the same time. So, you know, people had a lot of expectations. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. This made double what The Amazing Spider-Man made. This, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man made, like, 600 million. This made 
over a billion yeah, again. Yeah, but, but I meant like it was sort of on the same hype level as The Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, kind of. I would say. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I disagree with you on that one. I think that uh, The Amazing Spider-Man was a bit of a question mark because we'd had a trilogy of Spider-Man movies and the third one was kind of not very good. And, we and were, then we were, just kind of rushed to remake it. And we were going to get a fourth one, but then they cancelled it. And the fourth one is, I don't know if it has, but it's been made into a comic book, I believe, the plot of the fourth Spider-Man, I think. I don't know if it's happened yet, but... Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, I don't think... I, I think you're wrong again. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> um, what? The ending. Let's discuss the final moments of this movie. So, I think the ending is ruined by one shot. It is. And I think that shot is it, of... It is definitely ruined. I think, like... Because earlier on, Alfred says that he wants... Like, every year while he's away... While Bruce was away in, you know, during Batman Begins, that he w- would go to this little cafe in France and have a drink and look over at a table and imagine seeing him, Bruce Wayne, there. Yep. And then at the end, of course, he's in that little cafe. Bruce is thought to be dead at this point, blown up by a nuke, which, how the hell did he get away? Anyway, that's a different question. Yeah. Then he sits, so he sat down with his drink and he looks over and he gives a little nod and a smile and you're like, Oh, he's seen Bruce Wayne. And then they show... Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. Sitting there, just chilling. Yeah, and it's... I think if yeah, he it, just hadn't had that moment, I think it did. that would have been yeah. just a, a better ending. Because if you just see, like, Alfred, you know, just not, it's just like, you know, he's there, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's peaceful and it's just, it's just a rush film, man. It's a rush yeah. film. I, f- rush I feel film. like we're really about this movie. Well, yeah. it is just what that, like, that really one element. nitpicking it. It is. The whole it element is. of it being It's rushed. because it was... The tone was definitely off from the first two, I think. Personally, the, I think the first two felt more like gritty detective movies, yeah, like noir movies. Whereas this felt like a superhero action film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, point. just a bit different. This movie, you know, like I said, I feel like we're nitpicking it, but it's just so easy to nitpick because mm. there's so many nitpicks to be had. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. So the the funeral, well, the funeral, the very small procession they have uh, for Bruce's death. Uh, good use of blocking. Well, literally. There was a good use of blocking because they're like they're, the um, I think it was Alfred and uh, maybe Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, Levitt. He was. Yeah. Uh, they were sort of standing, uh, blocking out uh, graves of uh, his Thomas and Martha. Yeah, Wayne. yeah, Thomas and Martha Wayne, and and then they walk off, and then he, he reveals that he was buried next to them. It's quite nice. Yeah, with the house in the background and everything, it's a nice ending. Obviously. The, like we then said, we see the next scene. there's some really good stuff in this movie, yeah. and that's why I can't say it's a terrible movie. Yeah, because it still really is good. Yeah, well, but I mean, I mean, the ra- the ratings were quite high for it. Eighty seven percent Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. This movie still sits at eight point four IMDb, which puts it, which is it's still as, good, as the seventy second greatest movie of all time according to IMDb. Yeah, I mean it's IMDb. Yeah. I mean IMDb. I don't, I don't think is, it's up there. Really. When it came out, people were loving it, but I think over the years it's just gone. Maybe this isn't what we. As it's just. It's kind of. It it's kind of like, um, you know, milk aging. You know, kind of. It's like you have it to start off with. It's like, oh, it's really nice. Then as time goes on, it just kind of gets a little bit sour. Yeah, fair. Maybe. Not bad that's little a, analogy a little for you. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, that's why I'm so glad the Dark Knight works on its own. Yeah, because yeah. uh, if that if you had to watch like the sequel to really feel fulfilled with that movie, then you know you'd be kind of screwed. But you don't. Mm. Which is you don't need good. the aftertaste. You can just have the main course. You can just exactly. have it. Yeah. 
Um, there we go. That's the trilogy. We we bloody did it. Yeah. So let's um let's move on to some recommendations. Yeah. Do you guys have any recommendations of movies or TV shows that you've seen this week? What have I seen this week? Actually, man, I. Um, I've got three. You go for it. So I'll, I'll, I'll think. I'll, I was thinking if I do one, then we go around. All right. Yeah. So uh, my first one is a TV show on Apple TV Plus at the moment because I got it free, free for a year when I got my new phone. Um, it is Mythic Quest: Raven's Banquet. It's a brand new show created by the one of the guys who created it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Rob Fantastic. Rob Macklin. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic show. That definitely get it watched. It's it's always sunny. You mean? Yeah, yeah. it's always sunny. Sure. Uh, this new show it uh, follows a games company called Mythic Quest, and they're releasing a new DLC called Raven's Banquet, and uh, which is I'm a bit curious as why they called the whole show that because they're obviously looking to have more seasons, and you know it's not all going to be about this one DLC, yeah. but um, and it's about the irreverent characters that work in this office. And uh, it's a really interesting comedy. I, I quite I quite enjoyed it. I'd give the whole... Like, there's nine episodes. And I'd give eight of the episodes about like a seven out of ten, potentially an eight, uh, a push sometimes. You know, some good characters. You really do get to see the relationships. You believe in these characters as well. I like them all. But there's one episode, and it's episode five. It's a completely standalone episode. And it's just about this couple that decide to... It's like The whole show is set in 2020. And then this one episode is set in the 80s or the 90s. I think it's the 90s. And this these two people have a meet you at a video game store. And then they go off and create their own game and get married and stuff like that. And it follows their lives while, making, while dealing with this video game. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's hard, potentially already one of the best TV episodes of the year. It probably will still stand the test of time at the end of the year. Yeah. But it's just a standalone half an hour. Um, if you not... In- I'd say watch the first episode of this show. If you don't like it, watch the fifth episode and give up. Okay. Because the fifth <laughs> episode is really good. It's like well shot. It's well acted. It's just got... It stars Jay Johnson and Mel... No... Christine Milotti, her mother from How I Met Your Mother. Good job. (laughs) And uh, they're they're great together. They really really are great together. And uh, yeah, that one episode, really worth a watch. I enjoyed the whole series, but if you're not into it, then that's fine. Watch episode five and leave it. Uh, what was the name for it again sorry uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet it's a weird name it's not it's a sellable on, name it's not a sellable name at all but it's a, it's on Apple TV Plus if you've got that then watch it if not then yeah it's, it's not the worst it's not the best thing in the world so not many people are going to be talking about it oh, yeah. oh you know what I'll give it a go if I need a, sh- if I need a show because I do kind yeah. of need a show I mean yeah. they're all half an hour long they're all they all have giggle moments and they're all like half an hour there's nine yeah. episodes so. yeah Get through it in an evening. That's why I did. <laughs> Not bad. Um, either one of you? I, okay, right. I've just checked, I've checked my letterbox, guys. And, uh, <laughs> turns out I haven't seen any films since the last podcast. Oh, wow. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk that I just hate movies? Um, <laughs> nah, yeah. No, I have seen one short film, though. Uh, it's a Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve oh, right. Uh, it's two minutes long. <laughs> Oh wow! I watched okay. two minutes of film in the last week. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, it's called 120 Seconds to Get Elected, 
And okay. uh, all it is, is it's just a guy talking to an audience. Um, in fact, we could watch it now if you'd like. Sure. I've yeah. got two minutes. Mm. Yeah. i got time. Yeah, we just watched it. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we just watched that thing. God, man, yeah. Oh, I, I really like it. Uh, <laughs> so it does a lot of things. I feel... Um, even in two minutes, they may manage to uh, capture the essence of just politicians dead on, and a lot of politicians, yeah, a lot of personalities. So it captures, you know, Hitler sort of, <laughs> sort of like yeah, crazy yeah. manic, how things get out of hand fast, yeah, and the audience reaction and everything. And what I love about it is that he says something like, um, "I don't know, we're gonna we're gonna work," and then gets bad reception. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, no, no, not too much." <laughs> it's like it really captures how like politicians do sort of change their mind on audience reception. And I, I like sort of off the cuff nature of yeah. I guess speeches and really like I don't know it's just politicians in general really fun really quite funny yeah that that was fan. that was really good and quite stylistic as well so yeah. there you go that works it, it was on YouTube we just watched it 120 seconds to get elected get elected yep. there you go Jay you got any recommendations if not that's okay um, I won't kill you I don't, tonight I, don't, I mean I'm not I'm not really one for watching you know movies every movie that comes out I only like just look at something if I think it will interest me, but it's a couple of old movies that I was going to suggest. Um, the French Connection from 1971, if you've never seen that. It's uh, directed by William F- William Friedkin. It's got Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider in it. Yeah, in a very it. famous car chase. Yeah, it's a, it's um, very gritty and very realistic, sort of in the 1970s New York, which um, does work very well. And another movie is Bullet from 1968, which starred Steve McQueen. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's one of my all-time favourite movies, that. It's... Um, just like French Connection, set in like San Francisco, it's really cool to see like nineteen sixties San Francisco. Very realistic plot, realistic action, and just a really true to life um, thriller movie with the best car chase in cinema history, I would say. And I don't think a lot of people would argue with that. A lot of people also say that it's the best ever. It's a bold claim. It's ten minutes. Yeah. It's just like ten minutes of just car chase. It's none of this. None of this stuff that you see now, where it's like police chases and stuff like that, and you know tanks and what have you. Just a, it's just a classic car chase. Just the police, cool. the policeman just chasing after the villain. It goes from the hills mm. of San Francisco all the way into the highways, and it's just it's a great watch. Definitely give it a watch. Nice one. Did you say this was uh, for this film? It was where they used real traffic, or was that a different thing? Um, I think they used the French Connection was the one where they used the real oh, traffic. Yeah, yeah, and there's um, there's a scene in French Connection during the car chase where he smashes into a car, and that's actually real. That was a real uh, crash that happened. Crazy. That's yeah. crazy. But in terms of bullet, I don't know if they use. No, they didn't use it in real traffic because there's a a green Volkswagen Beetle that appears countless times throughout the film, oh, right. and they and they keep passing it oh, constantly. Yeah. So it's like yeah. That was like, you know, cars that were being driven by, you know, crew members and stuff. Yeah. That's it. Oh, oh nice one. Um, I've got two more then. Um, my first one is How Are Your Mother? Again. Yeah. Good. I mentioned it last week. I was watching, uh, I, I got halfway through season eight and I said, this move, this show is really great. You know, it really holds up all the way yep. through seasons one to eight. So, you know, so consistently written. Season nine, I got two. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's shocking. The last season of this show the bed. It really does. The whole season takes place over two days, over a wedding weekend, and there's so much filler, there's so much nonsense episodes that you don't need, and then the last two episodes are the finale of the entire show, and it skips from that weekend to 2030, 
in uh, in two episodes and skips over so much stuff. My uh, idea for the end of this show would have been for the final season. If you want to tell loads of stories at that wedding, do one half of the season at the wedding, and then then have like a mid-season break, then come back from that break and have the entire finale be over the course of like 12, 13 episodes. Then you get to tell those individual stories over the course of these many years. Then we get to know the mother more because we sort of see her intermittently during this final season, but it's so, it feels so elongated for the sake of a season. You know, it was just super disappointing, especially when you're rewatching it. I, I remember being disappointed when it came out originally, this final season, but watching it, you know, really hyping it up, you know, the, the eight seasons, really great, re like top quality sitcom material to then this final season that is just borderline at points unwatchable. <laughs> it's a, yeah, a real, real bummer. Oh, man. So you're saying you'd recommend it or? I'd recommend the show, but just don't expect much from the finale and from the final season. Mm. I mean, there's still enjoyment to be had in certain episodes, which is why I think they should use half that, use half the season as the finale, as the wedding weekend, because there are still some interesting stories there. It just feels like there wasn't a full season worth of stuff there. Yeah. Um, my, my other recommendation is a horror movie from 2012 um, called Sinister. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard of this one? I've heard of it. Uh, watched it. Not sure, really. So it stars Ethan Hawke as a um, past his prime writer who moves into a house where a family were hung on a tree. <laughs> and, and as he's, as he's yeah. moving in, he, he moves into this place. He's a true crime writer, so he's trying to write the story of this family. And he goes up into the, the attic at a point and there's a box of old home movies on like Super 8 film. So he brings it down, you know, starts looking through them, and they've all got weird names, so like one of them's hanging around. So he, he puts it on and he watches it, and it's this family playing around in the in the back garden, throwing footballs at each other, you know, playing hopscotch, all that. Really nice little family. And then it cuts to the the footage of them hanging from the tree. So it's it's this family that he was that it's this house that he's in now and it's that family that he's trying to investigate so then he starts looking through these other ones and it's all these different families being killed this movie is so good it's so good the the actual the actual home movies are terrifying because the supercuts are just horrible there's one in particular which I've seen this movie about three times it me up every single time because I just I still don't expect it there's um sure there's the occasional like not so scary jump scare but there are some genuinely horrifying moments that I think stick with you long afterwards like I couldn't sleep I locked my door I never locked my door and I locked my door that night so like no monsters getting in here crawling in bed with me yeah. damn it's genuinely creepy uh, Ethan Hawke is amazing. The relationship he has is with his wife is really good. They have an argument at a point in the movie. I'm like, man, this is like, really good acting for a you know low budget horror movie. What's mm. going on? It got a sequel. I haven't seen it. I heard terrible things when it came oh, out, man. so I didn't watch it. But this, I really dig this movie, and I think um, if you're a you know a horror fan, then this is a must watch. 
if you're not into scary movies at all, then yeah, no, this will keep you up at night. It kept me up, and I I can handle horror most of the time. Um, yeah. yeah, creepy kids as well. Creepy kids yeah. are the worst. Uh, is it appropriate casting like Ethan Hawke and? Yeah, Ethan Hawke's fantastic. Because you said he yeah was good. Yeah, yeah, I think he plays it off well as being a writer because he when he moves in he's written a book already and he sort of he does the police's job for them and so every police officer in America hates him so he moves in and the sheriff is like being horrible with him and he plays off that because he's like been there before with the police hating him so he's like he answers them back he's quite smarmy about it and he plays that off quite well so I think yeah he's, he's he was a really good choice but yeah the, the movie's super duper solid yeah. I'd give it like a Cracking eight out of ten. Eight it'd be ten. it'd be nine if it was for a, a couple of moments that I think aren't very good. Mm. But it's it's got some interesting lore behind it as well. Yeah, it's a cracking yeah. movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Well, if I need a horror, I watch it. Yeah. I mean, this or Happy Death Day to you. Like. Happy Death Day. Yeah, Happy Death Day to you. Not a good horror film. Really yeah. good movie though. All right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I've, I've, I mean, I've got. I've just got one thing. Oh, go for it. it. I haven't talked about it on your little podcast yet. So. My, my little podcast. <laughs> a little podcast. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's not up there with the I, big boys. Then. Well, no, I mean, not yet. Uh, Wait, well, you know, move aside, Joe Rogan. He's hoping, man. Uh, but no, we're, it's uh, Thunder Road. I, I don't think I've mentioned Thunder Road on here yet. Thunder yeah. Road. It's. Uh, I think it's the direct uh, directorial debut for Jim Cummings for like a. Um, for a feature film. Wait, Jim Cummings, the Jim Cummings, the voice actor. He could be a voice actor. Uh, Wait, there is this a... is what he looks like. No, that's not him. Then I'm thinking. <sighs> I'm thinking of the uh, the voice actor that does like a lot of different voices for like animated characters oh. and video games and stuff. Oh. Damn, two Jim Cummings in the film industry. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm literally reading from here because talking about it just off the cuff is going to be hard because I haven't watched it in like two weeks, I think. Okay. But uh, and also the fact that uh, it's. Not an easy film to sort of describe. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Jim Cummings' performance, amazing. Uh, literally, Thunder Road, uh, basically his mother dies and he's trying to get, he's trying to handle the grief really. Right. He does it in his own way. And his oh, his performance is fantastic. It, it both captures both the, his sort of personality of, his, sort of, his emotionless self, but yeah. also the self of him that wants to, sort of wants to, throw these emotions out but, and like because okay there's like a I think it's roughly five minutes of just one shot yeah, he's doing a eulogy and he's he's talking and he's sort of like he's kind of upbeat he's making a joke out of it yeah but there are moments where he just breaks down and then he jumps back into sort of a comedic sort of quirky he starts doing this dance to this song that they both listen to him him and his mum right. uh, so, so it's, it's really horrible it's horrible because it's so sad but it's yeah. Also, kind of funny, and it, 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 he balances it really well. Uh, and I think Jim Cummings had a massive. I think he wrote and directed. I, I think he did is it quite a, a lot. Uh, is it a drama then? Uh, yeah, it's a drama. Yeah. Uh, he's a cop, and uh, uh, he's basically trying to. He's, he's just go through life. I can't. I think he's. Uh, he's got a. Well, he's got a daughter. He's got a wife, but his wife's well, he's since divorced, like recently, or he's going to divorce. He, they basically split. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he's trying to just become the it's, it's kind of like marriage stories trying to be the better half of that relationship right. for his daughter yeah it's 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 really good man uh and yeah it's just a very subdued depiction of grief it's realistic it's nice really recommend it man he did a he did a short film as well i haven't seen um jim cummings says 
uh, called the same thing. It's called Thunder Road, and I'm oh, pretty right. sure it's just a eulogy. I don't think it's the same eulogy. Oh, but so it's like based on yeah, the short film. I'm thinking so, yeah. And oh, cool. You just thought he'd do a better job, and he, he, well, he did. It was very good, very good. Brilliant. Yeah, but apart from a few side characters, a bit you know, not very well acted, yeah. obviously, whatever extras, but. God, he's so good. I want to see him in more things, man. He's. <laughs> I need to check this out. When was it released? Uh, 2017, I think. Let me oh, check. so this is a recent one. It is quite oh, recent. I oh, 2018. Like 2018 been 90s. Oh no, no, no! This guy, uh, no, this guy just decided to jump on this uh, his own little project, his own little passion project. The fact, yeah, he wrote it and directed it. Oh wow! It's a good man. Oh, yeah. brilliant! Yeah, I'll check this out. Then that sounds really good. Yeah. There we go. We've done it again. We uh, made it to the end. I was just gonna uh, say maybe a couple things just. Before we wrap go for it, up. go for it. Say what you want. Um, so yeah, the the um, the Dark Knight trilogy, as we discussed, was which was the main driving point behind this whole podcast. Yeah, it's um, good, solid trilogy. Um, I don't know if we we didn't give um, our ratings for the Dark Knight Rises. I don't think out of ten. Did oh we? no, we didn't. You're right. Um, what do you give the Dark Knight Rises for me? Five out of ten. Oh, five. Oh, well. five. Upon further four for me, I think it's six yeah. out of ten. I'd from... give it a six. Yeah. Well. But I mean, um, there was a point that I, that I was going to bring up about when I said earlier about no be, being no obvious plot place, like um, product placements in these films, because there was a, a, um, a line in Batman Forever where Alfred asked Batman, Oh, do you want to uh, do you want to take a sandwich with your son? Oh, I'll get a drive through. Oh, I'll get the drive through. And the sole reason why that was included was so they could. Include it in a McDonald's advert because they uh, released nice. uh, they released a burger to go on side with the movie called the Superhero Burger. And that's nice, man. That's nice. That's and it, money yeah. talks, right? Yeah. <laughs> it certainly does. Yep. Um, there we go. Then that was the the podcast, the Dark Knight trilogy. We did it. Yep, absolutely. Bloody hell. Um, thank you very much to my two uh, very special guests, Jay Blakely. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, I I don't really think so. I mean, I've got a YouTube channel, but uh, there's not really much point plugging it because I don't really do much with it. Fair enough. But, do you upload? Uh, I I don't upload. I uploaded two videos oh. that are both like ten seconds long and a kind of. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe but, don't plug that then. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Just just your name. You you, mm. you and yourself. It's yeah. Jay. It's Jay Blayley. It's Jay. I'm, mm. I'm also on Snapchat, but I don't really. Post. Yeah, I, I'm not putting my Snapchat on it. That's <laughs> But I think, uh, yeah, that's about it. And all there is to say is was it's been a fun ride to be on a podcast for the first time ever. Never, ever been on a podcast yeah, before. A it job, was man. a lot of fun. It was definitely, you, and I'd love to uh, do something like this again. Yes, yeah, some good talking points. Um, and also, uh, seemingly as always, we've got Mr. Will Self. Uh, it's your boy, yeah. Uh, it's third appearance, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's the trilogy of appearances. I feel this one was the least controversial Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I sort of just went along, but you know, I, I I feel like there was a lot to talk about. So yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun ride. It was a fun ride. There's it no was. point plugging anything. Can't be. Um, there you go. But there we go. I'm just Will, uh, and I'm I'm got anything to tell you. I'm got anything to tell you this time. I'm and I like Dill. Yes, I'm, I, I, I'm literally. I'm, <laughs> and I pay the bill. I'm I'm dry out of ideas, man. Yeah, <laughs> I literally. And I need to write my will. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> Will. It's okay. Yeah. Enough with the rhymes now. Let's. Um, Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I've been Xander. If you want to talk to us on the show, just uh, go to Tainside Radio's Facebook page, send them a private message, and it will get back to me. Let us know what you think of the Down Out trilogy. What other topics do you want us to cover? Let us know. I'm thinking before the uh, new Bond film, if we do all the Daniel Craig Bond films, yeah. there's four of them. I uh, we could do that between yeah, we, us. I, I, we could do that. I was going to say... 
the older James Bond films because I kind of so, I like. There's the, so many though. There's a lot. I mean, like there's so many. Why don't we review, we'll review George Lazenby's uh, James Bond films? The one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll probably do a Daniel Craig yeah. podcast that as, right. uh, towards the release of No Time to Die. Um, so, if any other topics you want us to hit to do, just uh, hit me up on, like I said, on Tainted Radio's Facebook page, or you can send me a private message on in my Instagram. And that's at the Real Xander LW. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and I will see you next week. Goodbye. See you later. Cheers for having us on. Bye. Good stuff.